Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, let's get this thing going. Allie and Jarrett here with you. It's Wednesday. It's the middle of the work week that everyone's finally, like, everyone's finally back, I think, from vacations or being out of town to visit family for the holidays. I think this is the day that people have the most, uh, sluggish steps in the hallways. Everyone I've talked to so far in the building is like, I feel foggy and tired. I, this morning, am emotionally and mentally exhausted already. Well, and yeah. we haven't gotten on the air yet. Yeah. Is anything going on in the world? I don't know. <laughs> just a few things. Uh, hold. Do you want me to open up your email? I just, just to read all these for you? Oh, my God. Yeah, so I I knew, you know, you, you gave us a heads up last night to say, hey, Tonight's going to be probably kind of a crazy news night, and that was after we learned about the uh, missiles that had been fired from Iran. Um, and then, you know, we there was word that maybe President Trump was going to speak last night, but then he ended up speaking this morning. And I'm usually not one of those people that will sit and wait for the live feed to start. Lord Jesus, but did they have us waiting? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was my first question. Does that happen all the time? Because um, I I was here in the building and I was prepping yeah. for the show and then I was like, oh, I guess I'll put up the old live stream and since I'm here, I'll listen to the actual, you know, because I don't really like to hear him speak because it... it Grates on your nerves? Yeah, it Welcome makes to the club, me yeah. feel emotionally... <laughs> Well, uh, triggered. I will say uh, this morning the president addressed the nation uh, about the strikes that happened uh, in Iraq from Iran last night. And the the call time was 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock um, Pacific. And I turn on the TV. I'm looking at the analysis. And there's the empty microphone, you know, sitting there. And like normally they don't start right on time. Um, one of the interesting things that did happen, and I, I heard this in commentary, I didn't actually see it, but they said that the person who uh, was the person who brought out the the paperwork, like the the speech that sits it on the podium, they brought it out and then they took it back and then they brought it back and then they took it back again. I think they took it once or twice or something, hmm. which doesn't often happen. But that obviously means that they were changing some language in the in the the speech and then the prompter. Huh. Um, so that was kind of interesting, and I don't know what that language is. Obviously, we probably won't ever be privy to that information, but it was uh, it was kind of. Uh, questionable why that was happening and the president ended up taking you know an additional 30 minutes I remember I was like waiting to get in the shower waiting to get in the shower waiting to get in the shower I was, I I was jumped in there yeah exactly I was like alright dude what's going on yeah like, what? and I'm like I've waited for many things in my life waiting for his ass is something that I do not uh, ever want to do yeah and then the only way that I knew he had taken the microphone st- or the taken the podium was because I had the window kind of open on mm-hmm. my computer but I was looking at other things and then I just heard Click, 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 Yeah, you hear all the cameras. like click. all the cameras. I was like, okay, he's <clears throat> when here. When all the, the Joint Chiefs and Vice P- President Pence comes out and they're all standing there and then they open mm. these double doors and all this light comes in like he's coming out of heaven. Yes, so. and does it usually happen where he is automatically on the third word out of breath? Because he, he did was seem like, like he had been running or Hello. something. Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, like, what exactly is happening here? And then I was like, maybe, maybe health problems. I should tell you all that we uh, in our next break we're going to talk to Professor Errol Southers from uh, USC, who will kind of give us some perspective on uh, what exactly we should be expecting, what all these things mean, um, and what it looks like going forward. Because the president came out this morning, and I will say. I think the president was in a bit of a corner because he said, you know, after these attacks, hap- after we uh, assassinated uh, uh, Soleimani in, in Iraq from Iran, um, 
that, you know, if Iran does anything, we're going to attack their 50, 52 different sites, including cultural centers, which, you know, we've all had to discuss as a war crime. Um, the Pentagon came out and said, we won't be attacking cultural centers, just to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Iran did retaliate. And so then I think he's in this corner of, well, I said I was going to do X, Y, and Z, but I also... Um, I, but I also don't want to escalate this war. So I think that kind of thing is happening as well. But so he's kind of backed into a corner with that. Um, and so I think realistically, him coming out this morning and saying, you know, that he uh, he, he didn't really say anything. Right. He said they weren't going to escalate into a war, but that they were going to uh, that they're going to, you know, try to work with NATO and all these things, which is uncommon for him as well. Well, it seemed like, and I, again, I don't like to listen to him speak in general, but it seemed at this speech for him was shorter than normal and more reserved and bridled. Yeah. It seemed like there had been many conversations about you need to say exactly this and then walk away, please, for the love of God. Well, that's even an interesting point. So this morning, as you said, last night, there was speculation that he might speak and then they they pulled that back. And then this morning there was there was word that he was going to um, give a speech and then take questions. And oh, yeah, every person that I know was like, he's going to take questions. <laughs> do not no. do that. Right. Uh, and I tweeted something like him giving us making a statement as opposed to him giving uh, a statement and then taking questions two very different things because he's not Barack Obama mm-hmm. right he's not going to give like measured responses and thoughtful answers and take a moment before he responds he's going to just say whatever he wants mm-hmm. to say and there are troops lives on the line there are whole there's a whole globe right. on the line at this moment and so it, him not taking questions was great yeah and I mean I, you make a great point about Obama because he had more he had more measured responses and calculated responses to Q and A's because he had experience and knew what he was talking about because right. he took the time to learn about those things and, and will read the briefings exactly. and pays attention to all the information. Yeah. So it's sort of like once you've rehearsed what you're gonna say with with Trump, it's like once you've rehearsed what you're gonna say, if anybody goes off script, you're just like, um uh, you know what? Someone give me a location. Well, you uh, know, cultural site. Exactly. Great. Uh, you know, so it gets kind of crazy. But it, it, he did say all Americans are safe. Yeah. And then he said what I thought was interesting was Iran. Uh, Iran appears to be standing down, which I was like, are they? Like, I think that yes, these missile strikes happened, and the ball is in America's court. That's what everybody's saying. But who's to say that Iran is not? planning other things we have no idea so it's like you're saying they appear to be standing down but you really have no idea if that's the case or not yeah we we don't really know what to expect going forward um and that's kind of what we're going to talk to uh, errol southers about in the next break so we're going to take a quick break when we come back we'll talk to errol southers from usc um about what all this means and and what we can do going forward what we can expect if if we should be at ease or if we should still just be as concerned as we were uh that's up next and drop the subject drop the subject the new channel q all right drop the subject with Allie and Jarrett, veering a little bit off of our normal beaten path early in the show today because there are all kinds of questions swirling around about the situation in Iran. Uh, Donald Trump just gave a speech this morning. I don't know if it's a speech, but more of a statement about the current state of affairs. Mm -hmm. And what do we know so far? Uh, Well, so much has happened. So last night um, there were strikes from Iran. Um, 
into Iraq. They attacked two different Iraqi bases. Um, I want to be very clear about this because the president misstated this. They are not U.S. bases in Iraq. They're Iraqi bases where, where U.S. Are. Ho- U.S. soldiers are housed. Right. Um, and they struck at two different locations. Uh, we're clear that there have been no fatalities um, of whether they're U.S., uh, Iraqi, or otherwise. Um, and this was in retaliation to the killing of, of their general last, uh, last week. And so this... We know that the president had said that he was going to, uh, you know, attack these bases if uh, there was any kind of retaliation from Iraq, from Iran, excuse me. Um, and this morning, the president came out and spoke. Um, and as we said earlier, we were nervous that he was going to also take questions, which we're grateful he did not. But um, he came out this morning and made a statement basically saying, you know, Iran will never be able to have nuclear weapons, which was the first thing that he said before good morning, which was weird. Right. Um, and yes, that's true. Like, as long as I'm president. Exactly. That whole part. And then he said, you know, that, they, that they've been the leading force of terrorism and those days are over now and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And then like he ended terrorism, went on, went on to talk about how he was going to wanted to involve NATO, involve NATO um, in this process of trying to de-escalate things with Iran. However, he never really talked that much about de-escalation and and trying to avoid um, making things worse. He did kind of talk about how um how Iran has responded in a measured way and how, you know, everyone, everything, he keeps using his words, all is good, um, all is well. And so that was kind of interesting in his tweet last night. I wanted to bring in Errol Southers, though. He's I'm a professor of the practice in National and Homeland Security. Errol, um, uh, welcome to the show. Oh, pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, Errol, uh, first things first, I want to get your top line thoughts on what happened last night. What were you thinking when you were seeing these reports last night? Well, the first thing that I thought about was the fact that Iran decided to use ballistic missiles. That's a huge step with regards to the Kasham rockets, rockets um, or mortars they've used in the past, which means now about a dozen or so ballistic missiles in the attack means that requires intelligence, refueling, a whole lot of sophistication, which demonstrates over the last five to ten years how far their capacities have advanced. And, of course, the other thing that I noticed right away was that Iran took responsibility for the attack. So they were clearly articulating that this is a regime-backed attack, not being executed by proxies. They did it. They want us to know they did it. And it was in response to the killing of General Soleimani. I when you when you see that kind of progress um, that they've been able to make in as you said in the last you know in the in recent years, what does that say to you about um, how they're positioning themselves in, in the global stage? Well, they're obviously demonstrating they've got the technical capacity. We know that because their cyber capabilities have always been formidable. They also have an anti-surface maritime capacity, uh, which we know about. It says that they're ready on the world stage to some extent to be a, I won't say a player, but certainly not going to be threatened by a major player like the United States. But more importantly, as last night developed and they went on to threaten Dubai and attacks in Haifa, they are basically saying that no one in the region is safe if you continue to escalate. One of, one of the things that's important here is that the Iran foreign minister, um, they came out and saying that uh, on, on Twitter last night, Iran took and concluded proportionate measures in self-defense under Article 51 of UN Charter, targeting base from uh, base targeting a base from which a cowardly armed attack our citizens and senior officials were launched. We do not seek escalation or war, but will defend ourselves against any aggression. Um, and, and that came out last night, which uh, but then they also said, like, if you do respond, we will attack these other different sites, which you were just mentioning. Um, mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, so, I mean, it, it says, I mean, according to what Jared just said and according to what Donald Trump said this morning, it was he's saying they appear to be standing down. Do you agree with that or should we continue to be worried? Do you expect that there would be more retaliation? I think we should, con- continue, should continue to have a certain sense of obviously concern, you know, concern and worry are all depending on who you are. Um, the other thing I want to say is that they, they're, response was quite interesting. If we go back decades to the Irish Republican Army and how they used to target locations and give notice of several minutes with regards to what they were going to blow up and allow people to get out. If we think about last night and the fact that the Iraqis were given a warning that the attack was going to happen, A, and B, that the Iranians attacked infrastructure, means that this was a very deliberate demonstration of their capacity to exercise restraint and also to exercise precision. And so that concerns me. I'm also fascinated by because there's a lot of reporting that suggests that they may have intentionally missed hitting people that um, we're talking about the precision of their strikes. But there's also like they didn't you know, hurt anyone. Can you speak to mm-hmm. that and, and what that might indicate? Well, it indicates that they're being more thoughtful and strategic and intelligent about this than perhaps we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, our targeted assassination of the general, with all due respect to the fact of what he's done over decades and, and was and was deserving, our administration kicked a hornet's nest without a plan. They appear to, the Iranians appear to be operating with thought of what the plan might be, what their end game might be, what they want to achieve and what they're willing to do. And I think they demonstrated that by showing us the precision and strategic capacity they have to do what they want to, where and when they want to do it. So what is the way forward then? It's like, what are the next steps that need to be taken? Well, the way forward is definitely going to have to eventually involve some kind of deliberative, deliberative process between us and them, perhaps with Pakistan as a, as, as, a, as a middle partner here. That conversation and those back channel conversations always go on. If they're not going on now, they need to certainly be initiated. But it is difficult to have a back channel conversation And I'm in keeping with this president's statement this morning. It's difficult to talk about how you're not going to escalate and you're threatening someone about every third sentence. So that's going to be quite difficult to get that off the ground. Mm -hmm. And I also found it interesting, as both of you commented earlier, that he would invoke NATO as a partner because quite right now, I quite frankly don't know who our partners are. Yeah, this has been one of the concerns that I've had with the way that we've been agitating our allies is that when we do finally get into some kind of a conflict, right, we need help. We need help or some kind of support. We're seemingly isolating ourselves away from other countries, which I think also kind of plays into the hands of Vladimir Putin, which is a whole other conversation. So, uh, Errol, we really appreciate you being here. Uh, Errol Southers is a, a professor at USC, um, and we'll be talking to you again soon because you've got a show coming up that we're really excited about. So we'll probably talk to you again in the next week. Thank you so much, Errol. Thank you. Have a great one. We'll talk uh, a little bit more coming up. Uh, you had a situation. We're going to make a hard left turn segue here. <laughs> you better get rehearsing for the segue wars, We're okay? Be... You can't just use that hard left turn crap. Exactly. Uh, Allie's got a crazy situation that came out of last yesterday's show. We'll With explain Dr. what Jen, that is. Yeah. yeah. That's next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Thanks for checking us out. Drop the subject with Allie and Jared. If you're not already, I highly recommend you follow us on social media at DTS Show on Twitter and on Instagram. 
I uh, haven't had the chance to check yet, but I do believe we uh, should or have posted the InStyle.com article that we discussed with our friend Dr. Jen yesterday about the six couples resolutions that you should be partaking in in the new year. It was a fascinating conversation, and this is where I... My wife listening Uh to our show in general, it can be a blessing and a curse. Okay, I appreciate the support, but don't listen. Thank you so much. (laughs) She really enjoyed Monday's show because we spoke with Rebecca Prephan, uh, the facilitator of our Goddess Moon Circle. Your cult leader. Yeah, our cult leader. uh, Who I actually really like. I know, we joke. And uh, she was like, what did you do today? What what was her demeanor when she walked in? What what did she look? Did she hug you? Did she hug both of you? What happened? Really? Oh, yeah. She wants to know everything about Rebecca. She loves her so much. So anyway, she, I guess, was listening again yesterday because I came home to, and you remember our chat, don't you, Jared? I do. I came home to Dr. Jen Mann's book, The Relationship Fix. It's just o- like wide open. Open oh, on no. Appendix A, the Yikes. 36 questions that you can ask with your partner. Because one of the things on the list was to spend at least 30 minutes talking every day without any distractions. And my question to Dr. Jen was, what if we run out of crap to talk about? Yeah. And she said, well, that's why I have the 36 questions in my relationship <laughs> fix book. I said, oh, great. You've really thought of everything. So when I got home, this was on my desk. The book. With the the th- book. Open with, to the 36 questions. Yes. And uh, I, I was like, wow, so you were listening to the show today. And she said, yeah, I figured that we could ask each other some of these questions over dinner. So I was like, oh, oh this sounds like exactly the thing I want to be doing when I get back from a long day's work and decide to cook us dinner. So you sat down to the table, took off your socks. <laughs> I did. And started asking And she questions. listed her triggers, and that was one of them. <laughs> no, I... Um, I sat we sat down for dinner and uh, we took turns ask, asking each other these questions. I don't know if you've read some of these, but they are heavy dinner conversations. Okay. Uh, one of them that Katie decided to choose to ask me, and you can pick any of them. Apparently, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to ask, like, for example, she asked me, do you have a secret hunch about how you'll die? I saw that one. And then I'm not supposed to ask her the same question. I have to ask her a different one. Oh, she doesn't answer the question she asks. Yeah. That's defensive. <laughs> right. Right. If, you, if there's a question Dr. you don't want to answer. I think that's built in. Pro- like, yeah. I, I'm, so we did not get into an argument per se, but we proceeded to ask each other these questions. One of which, another one she asked me was, I mean, like I said, this is a very uncomfortable dinner conversation. I was like eating my shrimp going like, I don't know, I guess I have a hunch about cancer. <laughs> uh, and uh, sometimes when I'm driving, I feel nervous. I don't know. Anyway, she also asked me, what was your per- what would be your uh, d- what would constitute a perfect day for you? Mm. So I was thinking about what would my perfect day be? And I started listing off some of the things that I would do on my perfect day. She was waiting to hear her involvement. Exactly. Yeah, I could see that coming. So then I had to reframe and go, well, step one is waking up to my beautiful wife and gazing into her eyes for four minutes. I totally saw that coming. Yeah, I was like, yeah, she's about to stick her foot in her mouth here. Yeah. So then she, so then I, we veered the conversation away toward, because I felt the need to say, you know, Dr. Jen has these questions, and I don't think it says anywhere that you're supposed to control the way that I answer Listen, the questions. Hello. Okay. That's not a part of this. That's not a part of this. Then 
she said, you got to take a picture of the of the book of the uh, open on this page. You got to send it to Dr. Jen. She'll find it hilarious. So I said, OK, I took a picture and then I started posting it. And she goes, no, no, no. We're supposed to have 30 minutes of uninterrupted conversation without distractions. And I was like, but you just told me to take a picture. What do you want from post it. And then I don't know what to do with the perfect day. Like, uh, there was so much like I couldn't win. It was. I'm going to text Dr. Jen about this and she's going to love it. She's going to love it. I also we ended with uh, me asking her three things that you have in common with your partner and she said the first thing she said i don't like this was that we look alike and the well, second thing she's was not wrong not wrong but yeah. still i don't know if it's the first thing that i don't know if that's supposed to bring us together oh fair enough the fact that everyone thinks we're sisters and then the second thing was cats that you love cats yes the movie both <laughs> <laughs> okay. And wait, what was the third thing? The third one was hiking. Oh. So, in case anyone was unclear, we're lesbians. I was going to say, nothing about you, though. Nothing about like, me. You can say something about me here, so, sweetness. So, we'll have to ask a, a Dr. Jen about this next week. All right. I'm well, confused. we, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, more Drop the Subject. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the Subject with Allie and Jarrett. And I know that when you think of me, Jarrett, you don't necessarily think of fashionista. No comment. <laughs> Answer me. No when, comment. <laughs> but there has been a couple of fashion related. There have been a couple of fashion related stories making the rounds that I actually think are very lestastic. I think these are very lesbian friendly fashion tips. I just got even more nervous from a, from a couple of guys by the name of Joaquin Phoenix and Larry David. There have been. I just I just want a pregnant pause there. Joaquin Phoenix. Larry David. So pregnant, that pause. I wanted to be like 12 months pregnant. <laughs> okay, neither one of these You're people is... seeing the pregnant Exactly, pause. neither one of these people is known for, for their fashionable looks. No, definitely not. I think Joaquin Phoenix, at, especially at award shows, looks homeless a lot of times. Joaquin Phoenix normally looks like he hasn't seen a comb since he was in high school. Yeah, uh, I think that Amy Klobuchar should help him out. Yikes. Um, but he, you know, he had a lot of things to say when he won his award about, uh, you know, being green. And so he kind of followed it up by saying, and this is why I say this is very lesbian friendly. He said that he's going to wear the same thing to all of the award shows this year. Did he say why he's doing this? It is to reduce waste. So he said he's going to wear the same tuxedo that he that you saw him at the Golden Globes in and he's going to wear that to all the award shows. Apparently, uh, the person who designed his tuxedo, Stella McCartney, they said that they've devised a clever way to reduce waste, and he will wear the same Stella McCartney tuxedo for all the awards, the entire award season. The campaign kicked off last night's Golden Globes, where Phoenix t- uh, took home the award. Sunday for, night's Golden Globes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. This is an old article. Uh, and, you know, he's talked about working with, I, I guess, Hold on a second. McCartney has been... Oh, okay. So he's teamed with Stella McCartney because she's a vegan friendly designer. designer yeah mm-hmm. she's been uh lead the leading voice in sustainable design since she launched her brand in 2001 working with vegan animal skins and tasking partners like adidas with creating smart fabrics out of recyclable materials so i guess just this wanna, tuxedo is smart and green and he's just gonna wear that all season just want to point out vegan animal skin is not a thing um like vegan leather is pleather right that's vinyl or that's nylon or whatever it is but listen, yeah. the, the language of it is always just funny to me it's like them saying uh oreos are vegan it's like 
Oreos have always been vegan. Yeah. Or like things that have been gluten free for it's like tortilla chips now gluten free and it's yeah. like but they always have been like pleather has always been pleather it's like it's always been vegan I just found a totally gluten free guacamole and right. I'm super excited and right. it's like that is not an issue that we need to be but I will say if if the trend now is going to be wearing the same thing all the time I'm on board with it. Uh, okay, so I'm a person that I, I there was a period where I was kind of getting into a uniform and like I would just wear like a, a black turtleneck? black this and black that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not exactly a turtleneck, but definitely like a black shirt. And Dr. Chris from Loveline, we always joke about this because he's normally like in a white t-shirt or a black t-shirt. Um, and if he's wearing something that's a different color, it's like, oh, is that purple? What are you doing? Exactly. Uh, so I'm always teasing him about that. But I... I I don't have a problem with this. It's just this does make me think about uh, in Australia. This was probably four or five years ago when um, one of their news anchors on their version of the Today Show called Today, um, their anchor wore the same suit every day for hmm. uh, I think it was for a month or it was either a month or a year. It was a long time. Uh, he wore the same suit every single day, and he did it to point out how his female co-anchor gets all of this flack about her hair, about her clothes every single day. And he was like, no one has even noticed that I'm wearing the same suit every single day. And then Chris Cuomo and CNN did the same thing. See, that's what I was going to say, too, is that Joaquin Phoenix could probably wear the same tux all of award season without even telling anybody. And and nobody would even notice. But what, like, if... Scarlett Johansson wore the same dress to every award show. If she wore it to more than one award show. Right. Yeah. Everyone would be crapping themselves. Although Tiffany Haddish has pulled this with a white dress that she said she paid. It was like the first nice dress that she bought. And she was like, I'm wearing it everywhere. And she's worn it on the Oscars. She wore it on the See, Golden Globes. I'm she going wore Tiffany Haddish. She then. wore it to SNL. Yeah. She's worn it multiple times. Yeah. I don't care. I don't have the money or the time or the patience. <laughs> uh, and quickly, just before we go, uh, Larry David also has some fashion advice for anybody that I feel is le- very less... Leslie, uh, lesbian friendly. He said, "Wear only one nice piece of clothing at a time. Otherwise, it's too much, too dressed. You got to be half dressed. Your fashion theory is half is more." <laughs> Coming up, crazy impeachment stuff. With drop the subject, the new channel Q. Drop the subject is back. I'm Jared. That's Allie. We have got a couple of. Uh, I have a very surprising breaking headline that just came out. Um, oh, do we? Oh, oh, yeah, we do indeed. Um, oh. Looking at this from. Uh, I, just, <laughs> I just blew out Emmy's eardrums. Emmy's like, what the hell? Hell, go um, on with it. This headline from uh, NBC News. Uh, well, the front from New York Times say Prince and Harry. Uh, Prince, and, Prince Harry. and Harry. Prince Harry and Meghan <laughs> to step back from the royal family. Uh, from NBC News, it says Prince Harry and Meghan Markle to step back as senior members of the royal family. The royal couple say they will, quote, work to become financially independent while continuing to fully support Her Majesty the Queen. This is surprising to me. But if I mean, if you think about it in context, we've heard now for a while that there has been tension uh, within the, the family between Harry and Meghan and uh, William and Kate and that they have not been getting along but also i want to say that this probably has something to do with the immense amount of uh backlash and hate that megan has gotten for being a black woman and like the, the like she has gotten an immense amount of like racist backlash from um, a lot of folks in britain well it seems like every other headline i read is about megan markle these days i mean and i'm sure it's even worse in britain and just being like here's what she did now here's what she did now here's what she did now and it's like why are we so concerned with her every single move so they, i can kind of understand them wanting to take a step back well they've been she has been under attack since 
like it was announced that she was dating him and then when they got married like all kinds of just like racist stuff coming at her and then she had the baby and they didn't like how she held the baby she didn't like how she mm, yeah. she came out too fast so she didn't wear the right shit like every single thing um, and there's always like this what we normally call here in America palace intrigue but it's literally palace intrigue in, in Britain um, about like every single thing that they're doing but I would imagine that Harry also has uh, an extra level of caution because he saw the way that his mother was treated and how she died. Yeah. Um, and I know that is something that uh, I've heard Harry talk about with um, w- with uh, regard to Meghan. And, you know, we've heard William talk about it as well, uh, Prince William. And so it's interesting to see this happen. They say the decision was announced on the couple's Instagram account and was made, quote, after many months of reflection and internal discussions. Um, they said that the couple, uh, they, they added, they intended to carve out a progressive new role within the institution um, and become financially independent. They went what? on. Yeah, they said that they're going to um, live between North America and in Britain. Which is where also, in North America? They they did not say where in North America they would live. Uh, Megan was known as Chippewa Me- Falls. Everyone, <laughs> they're going to be in like in Utah or something. Um, <laughs> they say this geographic balance will enable us to raise our son with an appreciation for the world tradition into which he was born, while also providing our family with the space and focus on the next chapter, oh, including man. the launch of our new charitable entity. He also has a, a show that's gonna, a documentary series that's coming out with Oprah, uh, focusing on mental health that will be on Apple uh, TV Plus uh, sometime this year, but. I, this is a surprise. Well, first of all, Harry is not the son of Prince Charles. I'm of that ilk. Okay. Because that was, a they, they have you heard all those conspiracy yeah. theories? Okay. Uh-huh. So he, he's kind of like half in the family anyway. Well, and I was going to say like, he's fourth in line to the throne, I think now. Right, so he doesn't so, have to worry about that. Right. I mean, we don't even know if his brother's ever going to get to be king with, with his dad still sitting in line. Yeah, but... He also, can you imagine this kid, though, growing up in Chippewa Falls or Utah or wherever they end up? And just, in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, in Poughkeepsie. Like, just, you know, hanging out, public school, regular life, then grows up and they're like, wait a minute, I'm royalty? Yeah. And then it's Princess Diaries all over again. Well, no. I, the Prince Diaries. <laughs> I doubt it would happen quite like that. I think it will. But like I, I the thing is, like, I wonder what what this means because, you know, in our in our country we have the Secret Service that, you know, follows a president and his family, you know, into post presidency for the rest of their lives. And I wonder like what kind of things come with being a royal. Like if you're stepping away from the family, like what does that actually mean? Yeah. Because he's mean, still in line for the throne and that's something that happens here in our country. If you're in the presidential line of succession, there is a level of security that's always uh nearby or available to you. So I wonder because he's still in line to the throne is he stepping away from that is he abdicating that role like yeah what does step back yeah exactly so interesting but you know a lot of people are going to say that prince harry is p-whipped probably i mean people are going to hate him hate her for this right they're going to say this is they're going to be like okay so he's just stepping away from all of his responsibilities and all the things that he grew up with and his family and everything just for a girl but also they will have to acknowledge like Prince Harry is the son that went to the military. Right. Prince Harry is he's the, always his, been a rebel. He's always been a, a bit rogue for the way that things have um, normally gone, and like uh, has always kind of like shirked the system. And so I'm fascinated. I mean, he he married a black woman, also. Like, let's not be, let's not like overlook that. Yeah, a um, really, really, really gorgeous one. I mean, she's she's definitely like, gorgeous. I would leave my throne. I would you. I would. Um, no, actually, I don't think I would. I'm, I'm like shifting around right in my seat. I, I would told do you the guys. step back. Crap. I told you guys uh, 
I would say I'm taking a step back, but then I also I might shuffle my way back over if oh. things don't work out. Yeah, I mean, listen, if they break up, that'd be a whole other problem. Yeah, right? he's like, I'm back. <laughs> I, I told you guys before the show, like TMI, I haven't done laundry and I'm wearing underwear that I hate. And I'm like, keep I've been like around shifting around in this stupid... I hate that. Well, I think I appreciate you being brave and sharing your experience on the airwaves here. Yes, listen. I think uh, it's important for people to know that I'm an open book. You're an open book, <laughs> and yeah, everyone knows what it's like. There's a few things that are open about you right now with listen. your underwear sliding down your you. backside. Well, everyone knows what it's like to not have done laundry, and you, like you pull open the drawer mm-hmm. and you're like, oh no. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. See, Marie Not Kondo today. would tell you to get rid of those underwear because they don't bring you joy. I absolutely should, because they're bringing me no kind of joy today. No, me neither. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, we were uh, getting ready to talk about this impeachment stuff, um, the crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. Is there some crazy impeachment stuff that we need to discuss? Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. Yeah, usually when we're talking about things that have to do with the impeachment, it's pretty crazy. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. If only we had a really great, high-quality intro. Here, here, here. Oh, oh, there it is! some crazy impeachment Either stuff. Either the listeners love this or hate it, don't know. You guys can tweet us or call also, us. Also, don't care! Don't! Care. Think about, Think about it. it. <laughs> so it didn't work there, but it felt good. So <laughs> I think anytime we get upset, exactly. Yeah. Now Think, Think about, about it. it. All right. So uh <laughs> I think that the Senate needs to think about it. We are completely off the rails here. Okay. So, yes, the Senate, uh, well, Nancy Pelosi needs to think about it here for a moment, and then the Senate might get the opportunity to think about it. Okay. Uh, so, uh, um, this headline coming from NBCNews.com says, Pelosi not ready to send articles of impeachment yet, but she could soon. Mm. Um, Nancy Pelosi, as you know, uh, is the Speaker of the House over in the House of Representatives, and they have these impeachment articles that they've just been kind of sitting on and uh, waiting for the rules to be set in the Senate um, to decide who she wants to send from the House to act as the prosecutors and making sure that there are going to be witnesses and things like that. Um, what's interesting about that is yesterday, Mitch McConnell um, said that he believes he has the GOP votes to begin the trial now. But this headline also from CNN uh, says that he may not have those votes later. Um, There's a lot of discussion about the fact that he might start this trial without setting rules about witnesses because Democrats want to call witnesses. They want to be able to call John Bolton, who's the most recent person who came out Mm -hmm. saying that he would testify. And so... It's really unclear what exactly is going to happen as far as when impeachment is going to move, but it seems like it could be happening here within the next couple of days or, or weeks. But, but then, so he says that he has the votes that he needs in order to start, to, the trial. to start the trial, but she has to turn over the articles of impeachment for that even to begin. So it still is up to, it's still the balls in Nancy's court. Yeah, but she her power is kind of dwindling here, right? Like, no. she can either, I know, she can either... I guess not send them or like it's kind of like a a, a Pierre get off the pot kind of thing like mm-hmm. girl you gonna do this or what you know yeah. um, but I think she's also kind of holding on to the 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 bit of power that she does have to try and um, to get a fair trial because I also think that the interesting thing here is whether or not Republicans are going to vote um, when it comes to witnesses uh, to not bring witnesses because you can't say that this is a trial 
and have no witnesses or no evidence. Right. <laughs> right. So if like, they're just like, so, so we're uh, doing this out of a complete formality. Exactly. Uh, oh, no. But, Why don't we get Kevin Spacey on this to make sure that there are witnesses available to testify? So I'm going to put out a weirdo video, right? Um, but like he, uh, Mitch McConnell is kind of in an interesting position of trying to figure out how to move forward with this. I I want to say that I even heard that, they're, that they might be trying to uh, examine what their options are even um, before or without Nancy Pelosi's, you know, movement. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting. They say his announcement doesn't settle the contentious issue of whether witnesses will be allowed to testify during the Senate trial, which Democrats, uh, as we said, have called for. Rather, it postpones a vote on the issue, leaving open the possibility that a handful of Senate Republicans could break with the party and back Democratic efforts to call witnesses against the president. I don't think that is an outrageous possibility um, because someone like a Mitt Romney who came into the Senate, you know, having been uh, very outspoken and always challenging the president who then went into the Senate and kind of stopped doing that. He's someone who's like, you know, we do need to hear from witnesses. And so if they can get a few Republicans to change their minds on that, Mm -hmm. they might be able to get witnesses called. And that would be potentially game changing. If John Bolton comes to the Senate and tells them, you know, I talked to the president and he said that he wanted it to be, you know, X, Y, Z, that could seemingly be game changing. Yeah. But then even if he's like what we were talking about last week is even if he does take the stand and say X, Y, Z. People could literally walk away from facts and still vote however they want to. Absolutely. And most of them probably will. Right. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I None mean, of it matters. To, to convict the president and remove him from office, Democrats would have to get 20 Republicans to vote their direction. That is a that's a that's an uphill climb, right? That's a heavy lift. Mm. Um, however, to get the witnesses to be able to testify, they only need four. So that's a much uh, shorter hill to climb when you have someone like a Mitt Romney, as we said before, a Susan Collins, who's been kind of, uh, you know, critical of the president. She's a senator, uh, I believe, from Alaska. Um, you have a couple of folks who may be willing to say, like, we do need to hear from witnesses. Let's not be outrageous. Yeah. I mean, like, we at least need to hear from them. And if even when Mitch McConnell is the voice of reason... You know things are really, really bad. Well, no, Mitt Romney, you mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, 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 not <laughs> yes. Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney. I was like, wait, what? You're like, no, no, no. When, when Mitt Romney... I love Emmy's face was like, wait, like, what? Oh, yeah. uh, I, sorry, I didn't think about it. Think about uh, it! If he is the one who's like, hold on the eyes, let's take a step back and be a little more objective about this, then you know things are really in the wrong yeah, direction. Uh, forgive me, I said uh, Susan Collins was from Maine. She's from was from Alaska. She's from Maine. Um, they say Lisa Murkowski, Murkowski from Alaska also might be someone that might be willing to vote to bring in witnesses. Um, and then Cory Gardner of Colorado. Um, so there's, there is a path to get the witnesses. And I, I keep saying to people, while we feel like we basically know how this trial is going to go, like there there are plenty of indicators of the way that this is going to go. You never know. There that. are still plenty of unknowns that that are still out there. We don't know what kind of information is going to come out now. We we at before when the articles of impeachment were voted on, we did not have John Bolton as a potential witness. We didn't have this report on you know ninety minutes after the phone call with Ukraine, the the freeze was put right, on the money even and more all that than kind what of. We started. We with. had a lot of reports. So yeah. So some of the Republicans that could switch are women. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Two of them so are women. So then let's just get Beyonce, tell them to get all get information. 
Mm-hmm. Let's just speak mm-hmm. to the ladies out mm-hmm. in there, okay? The ladies, not in the not in the house, but in the Senate. Yeah, get everybody. Why are you Why are you twirling your finger well, to go to break? I know, I know we're about to wrap up here, but I okay, also I'm making a very important point. Well, I, about Beyonce converting these women, well, I so just that see, they can stand up and do what's right because we have to. Come on, I want to see Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski in the big brimmed hats. Yes, like dipping their heads. You bow, know bow, that's in them bow, somewhere. Bow. I don't think it is. Damn it. <laughs> Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. We're back on the radio, Allie. It's, I'm ready. It's time for News It or Lose It. Uh, democracy and a very difficult time in America. Mm. Uh, you've got three headlines. I've got three votes, and the people might get three stories. What you got? All right, headline number one. This activity could knock four years off your life. Hint, it might not be worth it. This activity. Uh, okay. Headline number two, the science behind the butterflies in your stomach. Oh. Interesting, yeah? Headline number three, meet the new Girl Scout cookie. Hope you like lemon. Are you kidding me? There's a lemon Girl Scout cookie? You have three. The number of the So much to come. The number of the day is three. So that's the number. Yes, that's the number. That's the number. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. You've probably played that song a thousand times. I've never given it so much shoulder shimmy. So much what? Shoulder shimmy. <laughs> it you you did up your shoulder shimmy game, yeah. I, which I always appreciate. You know, I it's will, a rite of passage here at Channel It's a rite of passage. Uh, it's a it's you know you hear the songs enough times, they kind of get in you. Yeah, they yeah. do. Um, well, are you ready? W- uh, when you hear these headlines, they're probably going to get into you too. Yeah, you a three for three. Hopefully, people have heard the three for three song enough that that song's in them as well. Yeah, and that that's a definitely a shimmyable song. It's as well. definitely a bop. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> Uh, what you got for us? <laughs> Very staccato right. shimmy. All right. So I told you that there is a new activity, not a new activity, but this activity can potentially, according to new research, knock four years off of your heart age. Hmm. And that activity involves running. Oh, running God. a lot. In fact, running a marathon, which is a very common New Year's resolution. I mean, I know that you're not happy about this news, but it is apparently good for you. While some do it to raise money for charity or tick an achievement off their bucket list, the challenge may also do a world of good for your heart. This comes from the scientists from University College of London. They found that people who run a marathon for the first time, they see a four-year reduction in their blood vessel age. I will remind you, I know that during crosstalk, with the morning show today, we talked about how the guy who invented a Segway was killed by a Segway, and how the Amazon CFO on a Segway, yeah. was killed. Yeah, on a Segway, uh, the Amazon CFO was killed by an Amazon truck over the holidays. I will also remind you of how the person who ran the first marathon died, and that is they died running a marathon. Are you serious? Uh, yes, most runners know the legend of the marathon, which goes something like this. I uh, I wikied this very quickly, but I do know this story a little bit. In 490 BCE, after the Athenian army defeated a bunch of Persian invaders at the coastal town of Marathon, a Greek messenger named Pheripides 
dashed off to Athens, 25 miles away, dramatically announced his side's victory, and then collapsed and died. Wow. So, if yeah, it, may, it might knock four years off of your heart age, but if your heart can't handle the marathon itself, the two cancel each other out in the form of death. Well, I will say, uh, yesterday at 4.17 p.m., uh, the Twitter account at Jarrett Hill tweeted the following... I just ran four miles. Oh! Somebody feigned their pride in my extraordinary achievements. <laughs> I, uh, hey, yeah. for someone who doesn't run four miles, like I'm not a runner either. Thank four you. Four miles is something to be proud of. I was very proud. I've, I've been thinking yeah. I might want to consider running a marathon. And so I, uh, I thought like, a okay. A full marathon? In a while, not anytime soon. Okay. But I was like, let me do a 5K, then a 10K, and like build up to it and a half mm-hmm. marathon. So I looked up a 5K as 3.1 miles. And so I ended up running like four and some change. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that wasn't awful. I did a five. I was on an elliptical, to be clear. So it's not running, running, but it's like <laughs> going. You know what I mean? So you went four miles. Thank you. <laughs> I've done a 5K and a 10K, and I was like, this is good. I'm, I'm good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was like 6.2. That's huge for me. Yeah. I really d- don't like running. All right. Now let's talk about the connection between your brain and your gut. When you get that gut-wrenching feeling, when you get butterflies in your stomach, there is science behind it. Mm-hmm. Because apparently, according to, uh, I mean, co- this is common knowledge to a lot of researchers and uh, brain experts, but the axis that connects the brain to the, uh, to the central nervous system and the digestive tract, that is the basis for understanding our, bio- our microbiome and nervous of all of our gut feelings. So basically, those gut feelings that you have, you're having them because your brain and your gut are connected to one another. The gut-wrenching experience or feeling butterflies in your stomach before a big event, uh, you know that your GI tract is sensitive to your emotions when that's happening, and it turns out there's real scientific reason for that. Research is incredibly is increasingly showing that not only is your brain affecting your gut health and vice versa, but that your gut may impact your overall health in general. So hmm. when you, you know, that Activia stuff, you know, those Activia. all the you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is trying to help you. OK, <laughs> if you really want to have good gut health, it's actually much better for your brain because there is a nervous system that connects the two. And they consider the gut to be like a second brain or a mini brain. That's really interesting. Isn't that? Yeah, I love that. All right. Let's move on to Girl Scout cookies, shall we? Yeah, let's do because it. I mean, what you're else? speaking of guts. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, there is a new uh, Girl Scout. You, are you like trying to get into Segway Wars? I was yeah. like, what is she doing yeah. right now? Speaking of something that might not be so good for your gut, meet the new inspiring Girl Scout cookie. Meet the Lemon Up. It is the most wonderful time of the year. And uh, starting Tuesday, local it's troops will begin hawking all the classes, uh, the classics, the bingeable Thin Mints, the Coconutty Samoas, Decadent Tagalongs, and now Lemon Ups are joining the lineup. Uh, Lemon Ups are stamped with the inspirational message that says, I am a leader. Mm. and other inspirational messages. And uh, it says that they are designed to ex- inspire the inner Girl Scout in all who nibble on them. Okay, I'll say I'm into lemon cookies. I don't think this is the best name lemon for up? a cookie. Like you've got Samoas and Tagalongs. Lemon up, lemon up, lemon up, lemon up, lemon up. Sierra lemon would up. appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Let's see what you did there. I'm getting gayer by the moment. You, well, you're becoming more of a gay black man in that moment, but uh, <laughs> with a Sierra reference. But uh, I don't know. I don't love the name, but I'm definitely going to be trying a lemon up. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. They, they don't even explain what the ingredients are. It kind of looks like almost like a, like a um, wafer yeah like a little wafer it, there's no cream in the middle or anything say, I would it's love just like a, little... a filling or some kind yeah, of yeah but uh I'm, I'm a fan of a lemon cookie listen i really haven't had a girl scout cookie that i wouldn't make out with so 
you know. Never met a Girl Scout you didn't like? Didn't say that. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Ali, we were having a conversation here in the studio a few minutes ago that kind of flabbergasted me, kind of hurt me. And Are you talking about me spoiling Best in Show for you? Because, spoiler alert, there are no more spoiler alerts for 10-year-old movies. No, wasn't okay. talking about that. Okay. Um, also, you did ruin Best in Show for me. I just saw Jennifer <laughs> Coolidge on Instagram and I was like... Oh my god! I haven't seen Jennifer Coolidge in forever, and then you ruined Best in Show okay. by saying that she ends up with with Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch at the end. Which spoiler I, alert? I I don't Never think that it. you need to do spoiler alert. And I know you said before we came on the air today that how how many radio shows are going to talk about how, how long, long do you, you say, say Happy, Happy New, New Year? It's one of those antiquated conversations that happens every single year. But the question of when does it expire? When do spoiler alerts expire? Is an interesting conversation that I'd like to get into at some point. Okay, not the thing that hurt me though. <laughs> Um, the thing that hurt me was uh, you and I were having a conversation about a television icon mm-hmm. um, who has really, you know, made no strides for women in, in television. However, <laughs> um, has been an iconic figure uh, in the game show space for a long time. I would Vanna love White, to see that on Wikipedia. Yeah, Vanna made White, no strides. Exactly. Vanna White has been host. Has been the letter. Turner slash Toucher on Wheel of Fortune for years. And this week she's hosting Wheel of Fortune because Pat Sajak is out sick. Um, the story, you know, kind of broke a, f- a couple months ago and now the sh- episodes are airing. And we were talking about Vanna White and Emmy. Emmy said, who? And then we said, Vanna White. And she was like, who is who? that? So. And I literally had to pause, take some deep breaths and go. <laughs> This is not an attack. This is not an attack. This Your is reaction not an attack. made me feel like I would be embarrassed by who it is, but then I. Oh my god! Wait. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that balloon. That is the. Okay, let's, we can't get into. This we're gonna. Balloon we're gonna go into in a, the studio. A brief tangent. There's a, a balloon that has been floating around the we studio all week, and like it just popped up behind her and freaked her out. So oh my it's god! It's being a clock from under the desk because yeah. it, it keeps going right in front of the clock, so that we can't see the clock. It's definitely a clock blocking balloon, and it keeps. We keep moving it, and then it finds its way back to the clock. Yeah, it's amazing. because of the, the events okay. in here. But, okay, but anyway, the point is Emmy that we were talking know. about, because we were watching the audio or the video of Vanna White hosting and and Pat Sajak's daughter then joins her and says like, I'm going to help touch letters and it's all very uncomfortable. Uh, oh, we do have the audio. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. And But the, <laughs> the important highlight of this is that Emmy doesn't know who Vanna White is. It, it but really bothered me. But then you explained me. who she is and I like don't feel guilty or embarrassed whatsoever. No, I don't think you should. She's a person who stands... How old are you? 26. And this show's been on the air for 35 years or something like that. So it's not just us. This is Emmy being awful. Then, Jarrett, we asked, do you know who Pat Sajak is? And Emmy, what was your response? No, but then I saw his (laughs) face. I was never into game shows, And then I saw his face. No, no, she's a believer. I was like, I hope that was going to land. Let's listen to a little bit of this audio. I just want you to hear Vanna White and how... This is somebody who has been, like you said, Jared, on the air for 30 plus years. And she's so uncomfortable and on, the, she on has, the air. I've never seen someone more uncomfortable in front of a camera. Well, this is actually Pat introduces. Oh, oh okay. All right. So we have a little bit of Pat first. So they tried to give you various drugs for the pain and none of it, none was working. And then they gave me something. I couldn't even tell you the name of it. But suddenly I, did, I wasn't thinking about the pain. I just had these beautiful pastels and lovely faces. Okay, so this is Pat Sajak on pain and in the I guess. Yes, background, he's talking I could about hear my wife and daughter talking. He's, it sounded like he's talking about, <laughs> they have him doing like this interview talking about the fact that anyway, his daughter's hosting for him. Turns out they give you Valium before you go into surgery. Well, he's, he's uh, his daughter is uh, doing the letters while 
while Vanna is filling in for him and you know that's fine or whatever but like Vanna is just very uncomfortable on the air yeah. like hosting and like she's there's clearly like a teleprompter moment at the beginning where she's like introducing <laughs> Pat's Pat's daughter and it's just like you've been on TV for 30 something years like how are you this uncomfortable yeah. do we not have any of uh, Vanna it's all Pat that was all Pat yeah okay, no, that was that's was Pat's Pat. interview okay yeah it was it was she, she it was so funny because she was like Pat's gonna be back at some point he's gonna be back next week and now and I need help his daughter's here this, and here this, this, she is I know how to Producer, and here she is. I, I I actually was excited to watch Vanna host because I thought, oh, this will be a kind of a cool changeup. Sometimes it's just not their just lane, you know. Not the her lane. Lane is letter touching. My favorite changeup that they ever did was on April Fools twenty years ago, or however long ago it was. Alex Trebek hosted Wheel of Fortune, and Pat Sajak hosted Jeopardy, and I thought, oh, that's fun. Host swap. Yeah, we should do host swap on Channel Q. You want to? You want me to be Allie and you to be Jarrett? No, like we'll do different shows. Oh, I'll, you, I'll do Love you Line. You host Love Line, and I'll, you'll do Michaela. You'll... I'll do. I'll be Michaela. <laughs> I said you do Michaela. Oh, I that's meant. fine too. I guess. Throw her in there. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new ah, ah, hey, Jenny. Ah. <laughs> this is I Drop the, the Subject, <laughs> and I'm Allie, that's Jarrett, producer Emmy in studio with us, and I am very excited for the highly anticipated uh, game that we are about to play here on the airwaves of Channel Q. This is Segway Wars! I'm so excited. We were batting this idea around yesterday. Hey, you know what? We're professionals around here, or at least we try to be. I say professional with air quotes that you can't see, but... Can we put those hosting skills to the test? Can we take two topics or two completely unrelated headlines and seamlessly transition from one to the other? That's the question that we are here to answer. Now, here's how this is going to work. There are going to be three rounds. Round one is going to be topics. Round two is going to be actual news headlines. Round three is the lightning round where Emmy gives had the same headlines to you and I both, Jarrett, and we face off I'm in the having, final battle. I'm having the thought process of, I hope the listeners are enjoying this as much as we are because I love this <laughs> well, idea. Jarrett's been very excited <laughs> about it about from this. the moment that it, it, it reached the airwaves. Now, here's how the first round is going to work. Did, the, did you come up with this in the middle of the show yesterday? It was I think at the you top did. of the show. But you just came up with this on the air, I think, yesterday. I think so. Yes, okay. Uh, so, so, round one is going to be us pitching topics to each other. Mm-hmm. They're one point each. Yeah, one point each. And I'm so I'm I have two topics in front of me. I'm going to give one to you, Jarrett. You're going to have to transition. For, you're going to have to segue from one to the next. If you can successfully make that segue, you get a point. Mm-hmm. Then we will turn the tables. You and will I'll give, give you me a pair topics. of topics. Yes. Well, so we'll do that for three rounds. Then we will go into the headline portion, which <laughs> is going to get really complicated really fast because these are actual headlines that seemingly have nothing to do with one another. You will have to use both headlines. I think you should maybe get a little extra credit if you can use, and speaking of, mm-hmm. in the in the segue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, let's get into it because we're going to run out of time very quickly. Round one begins now, and the segue wars. Do you want me to go first yes. and give you a topic? Okay, it. these are your two topics. You have ten seconds to segue between these two topics successfully. Your topics are TSA regulations and the Westminster Dog Show. 
Well, the TSA regulations have been incredibly frustrating for so many people because they're so inconsistent. And speaking of things that are inconsistent and annoying, the Westminster Dog <laughs> Show is one of those places where you just don't even understand how they are rating these dogs. Oh, very Thank good. So I would Thank consider you. that a point. Thank you. All uh, right. One uh, point in the column for me. All right. Uh, I think that was, yeah. Okay. Good first round. What, what was your hesitation? No, there? I'm just going to Okay. Yeah. All right. Your topics are. All right. I need 10. We, we're doing 10 seconds on the clock, right, Emmy? Yes. Okay. It's a 15 second clock. Not mm-hmm. 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Oh, All right. Okay. So your topics are the New Year's Eve countdown scam, mom. The okay, you know the, the mom that scammed her daughter. Yes, and Kevin Spacey being a serial killer. Oh my God! All right, well, a woman has scammed her own child into a fake New Year's Eve thing, and uh, that's a real bummer. And speaking of bummers, Kevin Spacey is a serial killer. I don't think that worked. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a fail. That was a happy ending. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's such a specific... All right. Okay. All right. I'm all ready. right. That's going to get harder now. Oh. Your next one is the Cold War. Jesus Christ. And Bigfoot. Go! The Cold War is something that lasted for decades. I believe it went on for 40 years. Not unlike the way people have been talking about Bigfoot for <laughs> years. That's... They've been talking about this crazy thing that no one has ever seen. Kind of like the Cold War. Uh-huh. Something that did not result in actual war, but it was cold. I don't... I mean, Thank do you, you think that that counts? It definitely counts. Okay, mine technically counted too. Speaking of bummers. You were just talking. And I said, and speaking of. Fine. I'll give it to you. All right, then I'll give it to you, too. All right. Two to one. <laughs> All, right. All right. Here's yours. Uh-huh. The scared Peloton woman Oh. and Iran firing missiles into Iraqi oh bases in retaliation to the U.S. <laughs> That's the whole point of this game. Uh, okay. Go. The Peloton woman has been garnering a lot of social media outrage mm. because people think that she's not being treated fairly by the men in her life. Mm. And uh, that is a similar situation in Iran because a lot of people are terrified <laughs> by the things that are going on there and they don't feel that they're being uh, that they're reacting the way that they should as well. Why do we even have a clock on this? I don't know. <laughs> this is really hard. All right. So um, does that count as a, as a transition? Emmy, you're the judge. I don't think Emmy really well, cares about what face. we're doing. Emmy's like, I don't even know if I'm <laughs> I think here Emmy right now. Emmy has checked out. Okay. Your, um, my topics. What you got for me? Okay. Final topic for you. Blue dress, gold dress. Oh, Jesus. And Tegan and Sarah. Oh, okay. Go. The blue dress or the the blue dress or the white dress, whichever one, how, however you look at it, sometimes it's confusing. You're not sure w- which one it is, depending on your <laughs> eyes. Kind of like when you're looking at Tegan and Suzette or whatever their names are. Oh, smooth. Thank you so much because I have no idea. I can't tell them apart. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if I'd recognize them. Walking you know, in. I think I handed that one to you. You did. You did. Good job. All we right. got 30 seconds, so we got to hurry. All right. So are we just going to go into the second round? I'm going to give you this last one, and then we'll go to break, and then okay. we'll come back with the All second right. round. All right. Michael Phelps not pushing his sons to swim. Jesus. And Adam Driver walking out on Terry Gross in an NPR interview. Okay. Go. Uh, what's his name? Adam Driver. Adam, no, no, no. Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps 
doesn't want to push swimming on his kids because it might be a little traumatic and it might be something that they're not into doing. Mm. You shouldn't force someone to do something they don't want to do. Just like Adam Driver not being forced to listen to his own voice and that's why he walked out of Terry Gross's interview. Well played, Allison Johnson. Well played. Thank that was God. good work. We'll All take right. a quick it's break. It's going to get way harder. Segway Wars is going to move into the headlines category up next, which I think is definitely going to be way harder. And the points are doubled. Don't go anywhere. <gasps> Drop the subject returns. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. It's connect the subjects right now. Jarrett and Allie, <laughs> we are in the middle of Segway Wars. On our show name. Thank you. Drop this Because I'm a damn professional. There you go. So we just finished round one. And again, if you're just tuning in, this is Segway Wars. We have to take two seemingly unrelated things and segue perfectly between the two to challenge our hosting skills here on Channel Q. And now we move into round two. It is tied three to three. I have three points. Jarrett has three points. And to be round clear, two. I'm winning. But no, it's three to three. No, it's even. I, Look at the scoreboard. It's, we both have three, but I'm winning. Is there a scoreboard? If there is, look at it. Okay? It's even. <laughs> Think, about it. Think about it. Now, we get into round two, which is headlines. We just did topics. We will move on to actual headlines. I will start. I'll give you your first one, Jarrett. We have adjusted the clock so that we have 20 seconds on it. Mm-hmm. Your headlines are, Florida man wakes up to a stranger sucking his toes and Macy's closes 28 more retail stores. Go! Wow. Uh, a Florida man woke up uh, in his bed with someone sucking on his toes. That might have been pleasurable, or it might have been something kind of scary. Speaking of stories that are a little bit scary, if you're an employee <laughs> at Macy's, you may be losing your job. <laughs> Turns out Macy's is closing dozens of stores across the country. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well... I don't know if that worked, but I think it I did. I don't know if it worked, but I think you get credit. That's two Boom. points for you, Jared. That's a, I'm up to five Speaking points. Speaking of things that are crazy. Crazy of things that are scary. a scary and crazy. Okay, yours. How to help Australia bushfire, bushfire survivors, firefighters, and wildlife. And judge threatens Harvey Weinstein with jail for using cell phone on day two of trial. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Australia's wildlife and firefighters, they need your help, okay? So you can always go to plenty of resources and donate. And speaking of donating, uh, Harvey Weinstein has been making some unwanted donations into his phone, and it's getting some of the judges upset. In fact, they're going to take away his bail if he doesn't stop. <laughs> making donations into, into his, his phone? Huh? I, I think it works. We're going to have to go to the judges. Emmy? That doesn't work. Ah! Donate to your phone. I love it. Okay. All right. You can't donate what to your you phone. Got? Screw you. All right. Headline number one. Girl Scout to debut new lemon cookie. Girl mm-hmm. Scouts. And uh, headline number two. Ellen to produce Masked Singer spinoff. Mm, okay. Well, the Girl Scouts have released a brand new lemon cookie that's going to be bringing joy to people all over the country. And just like the Girl Scouts bringing joy, the other person who always brings joy to people is Ellen DeGeneres. Apparently, she's going to be transitioning into a new game show. She's already got one. She's got another one coming out that is a parody of The Masked Singer. What a sugar rush. What a sugar rush. All that sweetness. Can you take it? Emmy, does that count? It makes sense. All right. Thank you. Okay. I just, I will say, saying, speaking of scary and speaking of joy, 
You literally it's a little bit of a cop out. I, I did donations into your phone. It's a little more creative. Well, than but that one did not work. <laughs> that example was awful. All right, what's your me? Okay, I put the two of them into our rundown so you can so you can see the letters. Oh, thank God. Uh, look in twelve B. So it says the best milk alternatives for your health and the environment. And viewers were canceling their Netflix subscriptions over Goop Show okay. from Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. Uh, the best milk alternatives for your health tend to be oh, oat it. milk, almond milk, and different times, uh, types of fluids. And speaking of questionable fluids, Goop is now on Netflix, and people are not happy about it. In fact, they are canceling their memberships, and they hate it more than everyone hates cashew milk. Yikes. Okay. Emmy? Yeah. None of that works. Thank I was you thinking very you were gonna, much. I was thinking you were going to go the direction of, like, you know, Goop is known for giving all kinds of ideas about alternatives to food. And speaking of alternatives to food... Ah. Uh, you yeah. thought I was going to go opposite. There you go. No, right. I did questionable fluids. That was my segue. All right, what you got? Okay. I will also put these in the uh, rundown for you so that you can see. Here we go. Uh, it says there was a problem. Okay, I deleted there mine. We go. go ahead. Okay. All right. Pope kisses none, and Tom Brady tells fans he still has more to prove. Go ahead. Well, the Pope has kissed a nun, which is kind of an interesting situation <laughs> considering there's supposed to be no contact between of them. Between them. <laughs> but between them. Between of them. However, speaking of someone who should be kissing their career goodbye, Tom Brady is apparently <laughs> telling fans that he still has more to prove no, and we're ready to get rid of him. That's not. No, that, that doesn't works. count. No, it does not work. What? Not. He shouldn't be kissing his career goodbye. People are he has tired of Tom Brady. Career. I the mean, delivery was in, improper. You said speaking of. You should have said speaking of kissing. Tom Brady can kiss his career goodbye, but like your delivery was all over the place. First of all, I feel it's attacked. A no okay. it's, a no it's a no for me, dog. Uh, it's a no for you, dog. All right. God dang it! Okay. I have a chance to redeem myself. So and now we're the game. now we're tied. No, 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 no. no, no. It's seven. To if five. I get this one, right. we've tied. Exactly. Okay. Female bodybuilder, 82 years old, fights home intruder saying he picked the wrong house. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) Papa John's founder, John Schnatter, ate 40 pizzas in 30 days and says the pizza's gotten worse. All right. They're in the rundown. Somebody, oh, a female bodybuilder by the age of 82 has fought off a a home intruder saying that he picked the wrong house. And you know what's a house you really shouldn't go, wait, no, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Papa John is a house of lies, apparently, because uh, he had just said that he eats 40 pizzas in 30 days and there's no way he could have. You tried. You thought. See, for me, I thought it was going to be, you know, who didn't pick the wrong house? The pizza guy. Thinking about Papa John's. When you were uh, talking, I thought that's where you were going. Oh, thanks. So you thought that I was going to say a yeah, successful segue? Is that what you were saying? <laughs> you know what I thought? Is I thought you were going to actually not F that up. All right. I, that, that's why I thought, I actually thought these were two things that you couldn't link together. And then as I was reading it out loud, I was like, dang it, this could totally be about delivery to a house. <laughs> okay. What you didn't count on was my stupidity. <laughs> we'll be right, right. back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, round three is beginning now of the Segway Wars. For anyone who hates this game, good news, it's almost over. <laughs> I think that Jared's been cheating, but that's what? besides the point. How have I been cheating? Because you're just saying things like, that makes me joyful. And speaking of joyful, this is also joyful, and I don't think that should count. That's literally what a Segway is. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know if you guys heard about it, but... I'm just saying... It's the easy way out, Jarrett. I, I I took a risk with phone deposits. I because and that <laughs> failed, to be clear. 
<laughs> All right, let's do the final round. Now, this is hosted by Emmy because she is going to give headlines to both of us. Both of us have a chance to segue the same two headlines. We're going to switch off who goes first just to make sure that there's no uh, 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 discrepancies in how much time you have to prepare the segues. Okay, who's going first? <laughs> do I just... Re- why, don't we, why don't we go Jarrett first this time because he has the lead. Oh, I'm sorry. This first one is. I don't like this this devilish grin on her face. I'm apologizing for this. Okay. All right. Greta Thunberg or Thunberg. Greta Thunberg, yeah. That's it. Responds to Meatloaf comment that she's been brainwashed. And Mm -hmm. my husband pretends to breastfeed for me. Should I tell him to stop now that we're having a kid? Oh my God. (laughs) All right. And. Greta Thunberg has had to respond to Meatloaf for making crazy comments about her being brainwashed, which is a little bit ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous stories and people that are taking things in a ridiculous way, a man is doing what with his wife in, in, her, in her breastfeeding? A man has a whole lot to say about his wife's breastfeeding practices, and uh, I think that's pretty ridiculous too, don't you? No, because it has nothing to do with her Breastfeeding. I was like, activities. I was like, I don't have the headline Wait, here. Can you give me the headline, please? I the, asked what? you guys if I should put it in the yes, rundown. Okay. I know, but I didn't want to make you do extra work, Emmy. My husband pretends to breastfeed from me. Should I tell him to stop now that we're having a kid? Oh, that's even more ridiculous. I think my much. My you were on the right track. You had it, and then I couldn't uh, remember the words. It's that's like fine. the racers that trip right before the finish line. So right. I got three points. Got uh, it. Uh, Ten. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Uh, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Greta Thunberg has had to respond to I'm comments sorry, that Meatloaf has made about her being brainwashed. It surely is a chance for Meatloaf to try and pretend to be relevant. And speaking of, um, uh, someone's husband is pretending to breastfeed their their wife's so kid. So you failed too. Got no, it. I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I told you guys you wouldn't struggle with mine. Uh, we, we should be putting them in the rundown so we can see it. But go okay. ahead. All right. What's next? All right. Alan, so neither one of us got first. points there? No. no. Okay. <laughs> you sounded so hurt. No. no. All right, Allie, I first. was really on to something there, and then I had some brain fissures. The president said no Americans were harmed in the attacks on bases, oh, on bases housing U.S. troops in Iraq, and what are puberty blockers? Oh, Yikes. my God. One, two, three. No Americans have been harmed in the missile, missile, missile damn it, missile, missile strikes that happened in Iraq this uh, this past 24 hours. And speaking, wait, what's the other one? This are, is too hard. I'll I'll do it. It's okay. No, no, no. I got what's it. the other one? No, what are puberty blockers? <laughs> I can't. I can't. That was a hard one. I can't do it without offending people. Like I know that like there are thoughts, but I'm not gonna say them. Wow. All Fair right. Enough. So I'll take the three points. That's fine. No, you can't take uh, the three points. No, you I, give it a try. Well, there we go. Yours. Ready? One, two, three. President Donald Trump came out and make a speech, made a speech this morning, letting us know that no Americans were harmed in the bases in Iraq where uh, the Iranian forces shot into and destroyed um, different parts of those bases. Um, you kind of wish that there was a bit of a defense there to be able to to block that from happening, um, blocking the bases, but also blocking puberty has been an interesting conversation um, with young teenage kids that are transitioning, and so puberty blockers. That is what a puberty blocker is, and it's mm-hmm. a big question in the community right now. So that was a hard left turn that was a hard left turn but it worked (laughs) all right emmy do you think that counted i think the delivery was not quite there but i'll give it to you i'll take it boom all right this is the last one and i'm gonna write them as you're saying them yeah i was writing in there now 
All Let's right. do it. I'll, okay, this is the final. Before either of you go, I'll read both headlines so then you guys can. You okay. Know. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Headline number one Kentucky judge accused of courthouse threesome is suspended. Yikes. Ooh, that's exciting. That's exciting, right? That's a relating story. And then second headline is, people are dying from drinking too much alcohol. Oh. I saw that this morning, actually. Uh, all right. So now you go first, right, Jarrett? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, a Kentucky judge was suspended from her courthouse after having courthouse threesomes. You're probably thinking, they must have been drinking. And apparently a headline also happening right now is a lot of people are drinking too much and dying from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> That's what we call a perfect transition. Oh, and before the buzzer. Uh, all, all right. right. So if I get a better one, do I get the points? Yes. Well, okay. we both then get points, right. right? I guess so. So I'm, I'm at 13. Okay, here we go. All right. My big finale. A judge in Kentucky has suspended somebody for uh, has been suspended after having a courthouse threesome. Speaking of things that come out of Kentucky, bourbon is apparently killing people. Oh. Alcohol and drinking too much of it is causing people early death. Oh, I will say the challenge there. No, that was actually good. Thank you good very much. I had a Kentucky segue. <laughs> Kentucky right, threesomes gives, and Kentucky that bourbon. You to eight points. Fantastic. And you had what? 13. Oh, I lost Segway yeah. Wars. I think that's right, because I kind of stopped counting it well, for a little bit there, but yeah, I won. This has been a very fun S show, and <laughs> we will be back with more. Lizzo and Jillian Michaels are in the news. Oh we'll talk gosh. about why that is when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. So, Allie, we've got a couple of stories um, where we're uh, they're kind of breaking in the moment, and we're, we're kind of jumping on them. This story happened First on Twitter. First Meghan Markle, and now this? I know, yeah. I was on Twitter while we were in a break a little bit earlier, and I saw this headline of Jillian Michaels uh, on AMT to DM talking to Alex Berg, and she's talking about Lizzo, big artist here on Channel Q, obviously. And uh, I, was a, I was cringing because of what I saw written in the tweet, and then I listened to the video, and I was like, oh, this is not going to go well for Jillian Michaels. Big Les, by the way, on your team. Yeah, and that's why I get pissed off. Off when somebody that you like says something that you really hate yeah. and then you're like no why did you have to go and ruin yeah. it let's take a listen to what she said today on MCD. I, I have to say no. I, I personally found no. and I love celebrities like Lizzo or Ashley Graham who are really preaching self-acceptance I love her music yeah 100% well, I don't know anything about her I'm sure she's a cool awesome chick yeah and I love that they're putting images out there that we normally don't get to see of bodies that we don't get to see being celebrated and um, why are we celebrating her body why does it matter that's what I'm saying like why aren't we celebrating her music because it isn't going to be awesome if she gets diabetes well I want to ask you I'm just being honest like I love her music like my kid loves her music but there's never a moment where I'm like, and I'm so glad that she's uh, uh, overweight. Like, why do we, why do I even care? Like, why is it my job to care about her weight? It's not your job to care about her weight, but it's also your job to talk about and glamorize your own body. Well, like, she's like, literally she a her- celebrity personal trainer who was on a show that was the biggest loser. Right. Like, so are you kidding? Why do we care about her body when you were on a show? that was asking America to care about a number of bodies yeah. that you were trying to transform. I, wanted, I want to try and give her the benefit of the doubt, and I feel like she's going to come out later and be like, this is not what I meant. I, I hope that what she was saying was, 
you know, it shouldn't matter what size she is. She should be able to be accepted. But it sounded like she was kind of being fat shaming because she was talking about diabetes well, and all this other stuff, yeah, which I, is not always it does not always have a direct correlation to weight. And like they've there's been plenty of like research that comes out saying like you can be um, overweight or morbidly like whatever, however they define it and like be in good health. Yeah. And I, better health than a skinny person. sometimes. You know, when when Lizzo first really shot up in the charts and in, in the public eye, I and in is promoting body positivity. I was thinking this is so wonderful. And I know there's going to be people that are going to say stuff like this, mm-hmm. because while somebody is like, she's a big girl. Yes, mm-hmm. she's a big girl. She doesn't like have it doesn't she doesn't seemingly have like a like oh, I'm, I'm going to lose all this weight. Like she likes the way she is and she doesn't really want to change the way her body looks. And that is something that a lot of people are it's it's important for people to see that especially women to see that because we are taught the narrative that we need to look and act a certain way in order to be accepted uh then there is also another aspect of health right is how how overweight can you or should you be in order to to the point where it would actually be not beneficial to your health and I know there are going to be people that are going to say that stuff like well yeah you're you're this weight but like what about what does your doctor say is this healthy for you Mm -hmm. and I think that that correlation is always going to exist I'm not saying that what Jillian Michaels said is okay by any stretch of the imagination I think that the point that she's making is like is she is she okay is she healthy and as a fitness instructor, I think that that's ingrained in her mind to think that way. And I don't like I'm interested to see what her follow up comments will be, because I'm not like by any means saying that like Lizzo should lose weight and she's going to. Yes, so that's right. She's going to get diabetes. But I think there's also like when a big person is a big person, you wonder like when like what Jillian Michaels is saying is not to like. I, th- I think I'm t- my words are getting twisted, but I'm saying like it's not like Lizzo is like 700 pounds and like needs bypass surgery in order to live to her live. life. Yeah. Right. So it's like there are both sides to that, I guess. I'm going to be really curious to see what, what Jillian Michaels says. I checked her Twitter feed a little bit ago and she hadn't said anything since uh, three, like three or four days ago. So I'll be curious to see if she has something to say about right. this to try and like kind of clean it up or, or, you know, to walk it back a little bit. But I'm just, I don't know, like the way that she like uh, kind of automatically asserted that Lizzo must have diabetes or something like yeah. that. That just... That was like mm, it was like you don't know no, her honey. you're not her doctor you don't know her life like exactly. she might be perfectly healthy so totally. we'll take a quick break when we come back drop the subject comes back with the gma don't go anywhere drop the subject the new channel q ali johnson jared hill drop the subject we are back we got one more hour left with you <clears throat> and it's wednesday so you know what that means it's time for the gma yeah <laughs> Now, this is the opportunity for you and I to uh, ask questions of one another, AMA style. Of course, they are gay-related. I will go first, yes, and then you can go. We're running a little short on time today. So we'll see if we can we can get them all in here. Yeah. All right. Jared, do you or have you ever... Do you like or have you ever been to a male strip club? Do you like male strippers? Are you a fan of the Chippendale dancers? When you see a man shirtless and nothing but pants and a bow tie, is that does that tickle your fancy or do you not like it? That was like 47 questions, okay. first of all. It's an overall umbrella <laughs> it's, question it's about a male strippers. Question. Yes. <clears throat> yes, I have been to a strip club. When I lived in Atlanta, there was a strip club, uh, a gay men's strip club called Swingin' Richards, which... You can Love figure it. that one out, right? Um, 
<clears throat> I did not enjoy it though. Um, I mean, like I love a hot naked man. I'm, I, you know, I love a muscle guy. Uh-huh. Um, but the reason I didn't like it wasn't anything about like. <sighs> The problem for me with strip clubs is it's such a hyper-sexualized environment, but I ain't having sex with you. And so, like, and you know what I mean? Like, I it's frustrating to me. It's sexually frustrating, like, to have this hot man. Because that you can't, that you're not going to have sex right. with. Right, and you can't even, like, touch this person, but they can be all over you and all ah. this kind of stuff. And, like, at the, the club that I was at, like, the guy was gorgeous, and he was all in my face and, like, all up on me. Uh-huh. And I was just like, you're not allowed to touch them. And it's like... <laughs> This feels fake. I'm like, well, it is. It is, right? But it's like, I don't even think you're actually attracted to me. I think you just want me to put a dollar in your G-string. Yes, and he does. It, yes, he does. And so it's it's a little bit sexually frustrating for me, so I don't enjoy them. I, I understand what you mean. It, it can be sexually frustrating because if you think of it from a logical standpoint, like you do, you go in there and you're being, you know, turned on by these people and their their job is to turn you on and then walk away. Right. And it's basically like building in blue balls exactly yeah. and i i'm like we're not going in the back room is there a back room like yeah and then it, yeah it's just it, it's never a thing that's really been that exciting to me for my bachelorette party i uh, we went to a strip club and i was led to the back room and i got a, a lap dance and i was very very drunk for said lap dance mm. i very much enjoyed it but it was very transactional you okay. went to this back room where there were it was almost like urinal partitions you know it's like those half partitions uh, okay. with like where the urinal would be there was like a tiny bench right and then i was just kind of like cattle herded into this area of the of, of where the urinals were and then i sat there and she like gave me a i don't even know how long it was like a because, half lap dance yeah and then it was like woohoo, and then like led me back into the regular room and i was like i don't know what just happened but i need a shower <laughs> uh, and but you're right it's it's a situation where you are feeling these kind of carnal private feelings in a very public transactional atmosphere exactly yeah, yeah. and you, i i don't like the feeling of like this isn't real like you don't wa- <laughs> i also lying. i was at a nightclub one time and i didn't know that i was like sitting down on what i later realized was the edge of a stage and i didn't know that they had like a stripper performer during the show during like the night i thought it was just like a nightclub where they're uh. dancing this is the same club i told you i, I broke up with my boyfriend on new year's eve oh. same club and i didn't realize that they were gonna have same a stripper night? there no not the same night okay. um but i didn't know that and i'm sitting on the edge of the stage and like the lights come up behind me and i'm like talking to someone so i'm not paying attention and no lie like an elephant trunk <laughs> comes up right in like my peripheral and i'm like what is happening and i turn around and like this man's whole crotch is like right in the side of my face uh. and it was Front row seats. Yeah, it you wasn't. Were mad at it, it wasn't awful, but <laughs> I was like, again, like you're not into me. Stop it. <laughs> like, but when you went to the male strip club, are there women there, or was it all gay guys? I think it was all guys. I mean, there might have been like a, a couple of like women there with their gay guy friends or something, but it was it was almost all guy all all, all guys. Okay, I think there should be more male strip clubs if we're gonna keep going with there the whole strip club be. thing. Okay, because I've been to female strip clubs and like, yes, I theoretically enjoy them, but then it's also full of a bunch of horny dudes that want to hook up with me. And mm. I'm like, can I just mm-hmm, can't I just mm-hmm. look at the girl in the on the pole like like you well, like brothers really, really quickly here? I'll, I'll I had a, I have a different question for you now, though, um, than I was planning on. But would you be able to date like a stripper or porn performer? 
A porn performer. I, the porn star word is weird to me. It's like, are you really a star? You have <laughs> yeah, like eight I guess followers. you're right. Porn star. Yeah. A porn actress. If you were single, could you could you date a stripper or a porn actor? Yeah, no. I don't think I could ever do that. But, but I'm I when I go to a strip club, it's hard for like my my wife and I have gone together, and she's like, "What is this girl doing with her life?" And I'm like, "What?" But you don't know. Maybe right. she wants to be here. You have no idea. So I think. In that respect, I might be able to because I don't have like a stigma towards I, I don't have like a negative feeling towards people who choose that, mm-hmm. who choose to become strippers or porn stars or whatever it is. I'm like, do it. If you want to be a sex worker, go. That's what, if, yeah, if that's your calling, go for it. Um, but I don't think and I think I'm a fairly non-jealous person. Uh, I just think it would be a, a conflict of interest with my side job. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, now I'm like, wait, what's the side job? Uh, two-way continue. Uh, we had to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Professor Errol Southers from USC about everything that's happening in Iran and try and break it down for you to be able to understand it just a little bit more uh, clearly. Uh, that's coming up next. Drop the Subject presents... News it or lose it. All right. It is time for News It or Lose It, where this time I've got the three headlines, Alex got the three votes, and you people, you just might get three stories. Are you ready? Headline number one Uber and Hyundai team up to put flying taxis in the sky. Half taxi, half plane? I'm in. <laughs> Mighty mice splash down to Earth after stay on space station. What? Mighty Mice? Is this like cartoon related? Is no, it's real. Is this Mighty Mouse? Oh, no, it's not those. Well, um, and Mighty the, Mouse had kids. The dictionary.com word of the day is... Imponderabilia. <laughs> Imponderabilia. Just so we can have more fun with that robot voice, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> oh, that was... Why Emmy, did Emmy do yeah. Emmy did not like the word of the Emmy's day. Like, no. I got a three for three. Thank you very much. Number of the day. Emmy. You're about to see Emmy. Hanging on by a thread. All right. Three. So that's the number. Yes, that's the number. That's the number. The number of the day. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right. This is a time where we celebrate a three for three. Um, <laughs> you know, it's really rare around here to You're get a three for three. time, buddy. <laughs> I know, right? I gotta get moving. Okay, this headline comes from CNN Business. They say, Uber and Hyundai have unveiled a flying taxi that may, may eventually transform your ride share trips. Some of the feedback on this is, you mean so a plane? <laughs> like exactly. Right. So uh, how is this different than Uber Copter? This came exactly. This came from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas on Monday. The two companies revealed a model of a four-seat electric flying vehicle that they said you'll be able to summon for a ride through Uber's app someday. The, apparently, this is the first actual prototype. Um, th- this is the first time that they're revealing it. The first actual prototype though will be available in 2023, according to Hyundai. Uh, a human pilot will fly the air taxi until the company's finalized software to autonomously control it, which, you know, has gone completely flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, Hyundai's the latest big company to announce that it's developing a flying taxi for trips around cities and suburbs. You know, this is going to be really hard for those people that can never wait in the right area. 
What do you mean? For their Uber. They're like, um, Where I'm are actually you? two blocks away. Oh. Can you come over here? <laughs> yeah. I'm actually on Wilshire. No, down the street. I see you. I see I'm you. I'm waving. No, can you come over here? And I'm the lo- plane is like hovering right. and trying like, to find like, I can't find I can't you, land. basic bitch. Well, that's the question is like, where is this going to land? How's that going to work? Well, like, yeah, there's so many questions about not. this. It's not. And you know what? They have three years to figure out what the hell they're going to do. Yeah. That's what they do at these conventions. Because I think this probably de- debuted at that CES convention. Right. Where they're like, this is going to happen. And you're like, great. That sounds like an awesome idea. Well, they say this 2023 um, uh, estimate is, quote, aggressive. Um, they say it's going to be a while. Um, uh, if things go well, it's certainly plausible in the next 10 years, which is not by 2023. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I think that they're going to have... A sketch done in twenty twenty three. Well, I mean, like the photo is great. Uh, the The graphic rendering is really cool. It's not real, no. and so like you know they're working I mean, on it. Yeah, everything. Like we've learned from Disney Pixar, you can make anything look cool with animation. Exactly. Okay, exactly. it's about actually. And then what happens? I mean, what's good about this is that it actually probably eliminate the amount of uh, the wrong people getting into your Uber. Well, that and hopefully it'll take cars off the road. It's an electric vehicle that'll be good for the carbon footprint. I am all for that. You there know what I go. think they also should do though is uber scoot where you have like a scooter that's a little bit longer and you can fit like one person behind you oh and, and it's like way someone's cheaper. driving it and you're just kind of standing there yeah there you go okay cut to you on instagram falling over on the scooter <laughs> yeah 100 <laughs> percent uh also coming from cnn world genetically enhanced quote mighty mice that were part of a health experiment on the international space station have successfully have successfully returned to Earth. The mice splashed down in a SpaceX Dragon capsule on Tuesday morning in the Pacific Ocean. You know that a you know Dragon when you, capsule. Well, you know when they come back to Earth when you come back to Earth from space, yeah, in the you're pod. in a capsule and you go back into into the water. I just didn't know it was called a Dragon capsule. That's so that dramatic. one's pretty cool, right? Yeah, they say the mice provided um, by the nonprofit Jackson Laboratory in Maine were genetically manipulated for muscle growth in an experiment to better understand how zero gravity affects the human body. They say during a long-term space flight, missions to on the space station, astronauts um, have experienced muscle and bone loss. So they're trying to do some studies Great. on that. Well, I'm glad the mice get to be a part of this experiment. You know, when mice take over the world and they mutate and become crazy things that can kill us all, it's going to be our own damn fault. Well, there's a, that, that's true. The robots mm-hmm. and the mice. Yep. Uh, the dictionary.com word of the day was imponderabilia. Any, any guesses? Nope. It's I a, can't ponder one. It, well, that's actually it? part of it. Ah! Um, an imponderable is are things that cannot be precisely determined, measured, or evaluated. Ah. You accidentally got that one. Imponderable. There you go. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, Allison Johnson, it has been a very full day. Um, don't know if you heard about everything happening with the President of the United States, but uh, he's been kind of in a show. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, we talked to Since Earl's. Inauguration Day. <laughs> exactly. Well, really, since Election Day. That's true. Um... Probably since before since, then, say, you know what? We exactly, can really just yeah. go back to his childhood since at this June point. June of 2015, at the very least. Um, we uh, learned that Katie was listening to the show yesterday, and that came on home with you. And it made for a very long dinner conversation about uh, what my hunches are on how I'll die and what we have in common, which includes just us looking like each other. We got fashion advice from Larry David and Joaquin Phoenix, That's which, true. I mean, valuable. Which is wear the same thing every day. 
and also just wear one thing that's nice because if you wear more than that, it's too much. That and then we also had breaking news in the show today. We actually had two breaking stories in the show, but the big one was Prince Harry and Meghan are stepping away from the royal family, which we still don't know exactly what that means. There's also been a statement that came out from the royal family um, saying that, quote, discussions with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are at an early stage. We understand their desire to take a different approach, but these are complicated issues that will take time to work through. I love that it just says take a different approach like right. to, 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 the, to your life. It's like, I don't know what that means, but okay. Taking a different approach to um, life in general, then which is being poor. One of my favorite ideas that you've had was Segway Wars. We did that today. Yeah, which was kind of an S show of its own, but it was it was a work in progress. I think we will do it again. It was an S show because I won. Is that what this is? No, I, no. I mean, I kind of killed it. I just, I think that I personally need to come up with a better system, okay? I, that will make it easier for you to win, or? Yes. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> okay. Well, all that has happened today, so it is now time for us to land this plane with a happy ending. I'll go first. Okay. I feel good about my happy ending. Great, because I'm s- totally done with mine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You keep typing as I read, shall there we I? Go. All right. Sure, the inventor of Segway died on a Segway. And sure, the Amazon CFO died getting hit by an Amazon truck. And sure, the guy who ran the first marathon died running a marathon. You would call all three of those not happy endings. And speaking of happy endings, this is happy endings right now. And the real happy ending is that the show is ending. We call that hashtag redemption. I segued all three of those stories with not a happy ending into happy endings, which is my happy ending. Which is very meta. How meta? Think. Think Think about it! Okay. (laughs) Emmy, what you got for us? Well, I may have uh, (laughs) woken up brain dead today. You've been having a difficult day, yes. A couple strokes along the way. Yeah, thoughts and prayers for Emmy, everyone. But. Are you tasting toast? At least I didn't try to deposit my phone. (laughs) So there's that. All right, you know what? (laughs) Thank you. I stand by. I didn't call a happy ending a segue. Sorry, I didn't have to do I that. Actually I actually called that. a segue a happy ending. Okay, you jerks. Oh, did I mess that up? I think so. I was I was channeling you. Okay. I was t- <laughs> you <laughs> were awful. Um, mine is actually a real piece of uh, of interesting information for my happy ending. Jillian Michaels may be kind of a d bag for what mm. she said about Lizzo's body today, mm-hmm. but look at the bright side. Lizzo's going into the studio this March to put together a new album, and she's probably going to have something to say about it. Yeah, and she's going to do her hair toss and check her nails. And Baby, how she, you feeling? Yeah. Feeling good as hell. Yeah, and See, you know who probably doesn't earlier. feel good as hell? Jillian Michaels, because she probably needs to eat a cheeseburger. Oh, jeez. Oh, cheeseburger. <laughs> and with that, we're going to go get cheeseburgers. I can't have a cheeseburger now because I'm pescatarian. Oh, stop it. These are first world problems. Go get a cheeseburger. Yeah, have- 